and welcome to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Of course, it's August and that means it is Women's Month and joining us in studio at this moment is Sister Nabawiya Malik. She serves with the Muslim Judicial Council. Lots and lots of community work, mashallah. And of course, she's also a mother of some wonderful sons. Salaamu alaikum, Sister. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you, Sister Daslima, and also to your wonderful um, listeners this morning, this afternoon. Alhamdulillah. You know, I've been wanting to have you in studio for quite a while, but I think it's it's perfectly uh, timed as you get to join us in this beautiful month of August. I think you're making big strides um, for our women in the community. And I think it's something that is so important and we'd love to hear from you today, especially on your views in women and women's roles in the community. Yeah. Um, shukran so much for that, Sister Taslima. I um, I think from a very young age, I was very much aware that, that um, as women and females in our community, that we um, the roles are very much similar. And I, I felt that, I do feel today that, that whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. And um, whether, you know, it can be done by a female or a male. So um, I think it's something that, that drives... Um, a person, if you have an understanding that um, if there are an, there's a need in our community, that it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female, and that gives the woman in society that extra freedom, in a sense, to be able to function fully within the guidelines of Islam. And um, it's something that we often discuss and lament about when we look at societies that exclude women from certain domains in that society at the peril and expense of that particular group. And um, it's something that one also, you know, if you look back at the time of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and we look at that era as an example, and then we see that, that the woman took part in the battles, they took, took part in the marketplace, they took part um, with as far as voting was concerned, they took bay'ah from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and women were never excluded. And um, what I really loved about that particular time and that that sick, that, 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 that that, you era. Know, that era was the fact that that women were very free. They were they they observed hijab and they they you know respected the the different genders you know, but they were allowed absolute freedom to the point that a woman could stand up in the masjid um, and and question Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, and that shows that they had an equal space. And um, I do believe that that as a woman in our society today. Um, we have been influenced, ironically, by the Western way where women were not allowed to vote and women are not allowed in certain sectors of society, not allowed to head up major organizations. And these things are changing, but Islam has always been at the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I think that if it is that people look at the Muslim community and don't see it, it's not because Islam has not given women a space, but because... Muslims might not have understood or they were influenced by Western thinking. So as a mother, woman in our society today, 
I I approach things with that feeling that our Prophet Muhammad has given us that space and that platform and within that we function and I try to encourage women, especially young women, to um, to be confident, to believe in their rights as Muslim women, to know their rights um, and to to understand their personal purpose. Because I think that if uh, if you really dig down deep into who you are as a person, everybody knows, you know, you have this instinctive feeling that this is where I feel comfortable. And this is what I am, what Allah, this is the talent that Allah has given me. So excel in that, irrespective of whether you're female or male. So yeah, that I think that is probably the springboard or the basis from which I um, operate and I understand and I love my life. Alhamdulillah. Now, you're not originally Cape Townian, but of course South African. You want to tell us a little bit about growing up as a young girl in South Africa and then obviously leading up into where you are now? I was born in Durban and um, I, I'm a person of all provinces. I Alhamdulillah. Think <laughs> so I've got my roots in Durban. My, my, my grandparents are from India. Um, from the one side and from the other side um, my grandparents are from Bali Mm -hmm. Um, so our roots um, my roots is from India um, a bit of Hadramaut my 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 one one of my grandparents and then from Bali Um, was born in Durban lived in Durban for about six years and then moved back to Port Elizabeth Utenaik which is the the hometown of my father my my father's family. Um, we grew up next to the masjid. My grandfather um, built. My great grandfather built the masjid. Imam Fidin. Um, Imam Fidini is a um, grandchild of um, of um, the Sultan of of. I, I, I can't remember that name now. Anyway, let's not go into my great grandfather. But. Um, I um, my great grandfather built this uh, masjid Mu'min in 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 Utenaik. Mm. Um and so um, we grew up next to the masjid, a very beautiful, peaceful, um, happy childhood, very safe at the time. But we were living during the apartheid era, and um, I we were a very small Muslim community, um, but the traditions was upheld. Alhamdulillah, by wonderful people. One of them that I will never forget was Imam Apla, who was Imam at the Victoria Masjid in Cape Town. He moved to Cape Town subsequently. And then also the various um, scholars and Imams who upheld Mauluds and Dhikrs on a Thursday night. That was the regular at the Masjid. So all the children um, would, you know, get ready after Maghrib. And then the girls and the boys would go into the masjid and we'd have like little dhikrs and different guest speakers would come. And um, so we were active, I think as a young girl, I was active with the MYM. Mm. So um, Yutanek allowed a lovely breeding ground with with not a lot of... Um, external influence. It was just a small community next to the masjid, going to the madrasas and these programs. And um, and now and then we'd have a bit of, um, you know, scholars from different towns, maybe from Durban. I remember a visit by um, Brother Ahmad Hidat at the time. That I was really, uh, I think I was about 12, 13 years old, very impressed by that, by his, the way he positioned himself and the confidence and so on. 
So that was yeah, just a bit of um, information on my childhood. Alhamdulillah, that sounds absolutely beautiful. We need to go in for an ad break, and inshallah, when we come back, we continue with Sister Nabawiyama. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Eat, Pray, Love on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and we are celebrating women in our society on this beautiful month of August and in studio with me, Sister Nabawiya Malik. Just before the break, she was giving us some insight to her growing up. Assalamu alaikum, Sister. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, mashallah, it sounded like you today was absolutely beautiful growing up in. I'm going to ask you though, who were the special women that potentially stood out for you in your youth that you felt really contributed to who you are now? I think that um, there was there was a few women, but the one who stood out for me very much in her character, strong character, was my grandmother, um, Haji Hafida Zainab Luki. Um, she was a strong woman. I remember her, you know, being a Hafid sister in, in Utenaik at the time was was something that the men admired because there was very few Hufad in, in Utenaik. And um, she used to, I remember during Ramadan, she used to stand at the window of the masjid and listen to the Tarawih Salah. And if anybody made a mistake, um, the men knew that the first person to knock on the window pane would be my grandmother. And the <laughs> Imam, they would immediately correct the 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 you know the the mistake and um, she was a strong woman she she was just one of those no nonsense type of woman but very caring and loving for always making ginger beer for the family and for the street everybody used to come with their bottles she used to homemade make homemade ginger beer homemade ginger beer i used to see that under her table in oh. the kitchen with a little cloth on and would be brewing under mm. the table and um, and I used to look forward to that. It was lovely because I saw people coming to fetch their ginger beer. And then I would also see her making brawn. Mm. So she'd make the brawn in these big pots and then she'd cut it up and make it into like a long roll and cut it up for everybody. That was her speciality. And um, and I saw a woman who, you know, she, she raised eight children, no, 12 children on her own. Because my grandfather died at a very young age. And yet she was able to fulfill her role as a mother, um, very strict mother, very strict on Islamic values and the deen. And she also played a very prominent role in society. She she was so much involved in the the council, and that, that was during apartheid years, mm. that they named a street in, in Utenek after her. And because of the influence she had on the councillors and, and people in, 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 in Utenek, and she was also a lady um, where I would see business people coming to see her for advice on, on what business steps they should take and, and what would be the best thing. And I, I always remember seeing the Jiva family. Mm. Um, the Jiva family is probably and still is the most influential family in Utenek and in PE. And they were regular visitors to my grandmother's house to come for Nasikha and advice on different things. And she was also a midwife. She was she was just somebody that was able to serve on, on various levels. And I thought that, I suppose in some way, I had a lot of respect for her. I was very scared of her because 
she used to um she hated it when I took the eggs out of the out of the um the you know, she she had a lot of chickens and hens. They used to lay <laughs> eggs, and I would want to fetch it and bring it in. Yeah. And then many a times I'd drop one or two. Wee. So um, and she'd make you know those bed puddings and things. And she, I was terrified of her because once or twice I broke the eggs and I had to wipe it up and try to hide it away. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but she, um, I I knew that my granny is doing something of service, and I wanted to help her. So. It was, yeah, it was all of those little things that I remember about her. But alhamdulillah, it was my granny, my mom. My mom as well, alhamdulillah, a strong woman. Um, my mom is from Durban. My father's from Utenaik. So my mom brought um, a different perspective to life and understanding the role of woman and because of her upbringing and her parents being from India. So she taught us a lot about, about that, that aspect and taught me about that. And um, my mom was a very determined woman. If she makes up a mind, she wants to do something, she'll do it. Mm. And um, I think I could be my media confidence or my media interest started um, because my mom wrote a letter to some newspaper once. We had some grievances about pregnant women standing in long queues, mm. you know, at the clinics, and she didn't like that. So yeah. she wrote a complaint to the city, and she published it in the paper. So it could have been that could have come from my mom, that part of me. Probably. Um, other than that, my aunts very much played. They played a very strong role because I would spend afternoons with my aunts, te- getting them, you know, to teach me my my Quran and my Surat at that time. And um, yeah, I think that was probably the the strongest woman. And my granny in Durban, the first five years, I must mention her is my mom's mom, Aji Farida, Aji Fatima, Aji Fatima Karim. She played a very strong role in my life because since I was born, um, I was the first granddaughter. Mm. So she and my grandfather, Haji Sulaiman Karim, they spent a lot of time with me and um, I, I, there was a special bond with my, my maternal grandparents as well. Yeah. Well, indeed, I'm sure they're very proud of you, Nabawiya, because I think you've borrowed both their personalities and combined into quite a powerhouse. Now, obviously, you've been serving with the MJC for quite a while, and recently you've had three elections. And I think what I was most excited about was that they spoke of women now being able to serve. And, of course, I would think that things like that happen um, gradually, but it's time and it's been a long time. But you've been obviously serving there for quite a while and you've been exposed to so many, I think you on a daily basis exposed to things internationally and nationally. And so you get to see the growth of women in all of these societies and their position in all of these societies, be it the East or the West. What would your views be in how women are developing around the world? I, you know, there's something that I always, I admire. Mm. I must say that um, as a person observing global issues and, and trends in society, I often admire the great strides made by women. And obviously our, um, our admiration started a point. Um, and and we sort of nurtured and, and taught and, and our understanding of the worldview starts somewhere. And um, through the history of mankind, there was a lot of strong women that we could talk about. But 
Um, my, my, my admiration would probably start with Sayyidina Khadija, radiallahu an, the wife of the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu And then from her and her role mm-hmm. and the impact that she made as a single human being, being a woman, to the life of our Prophet wasallam, and his um, endless and his reverence of what she did for him at the time where he was alone. That for me is probably the greatest inspiration for a woman in society today. And then obviously the other women or Sahabia, like um, Sayyidina Nafisa, Sayyidina Sumaya radiallahu an, the martyr, the first martyr in Islam. And so the, 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 if one looks back at history and, 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 you know, and we start there and we look at today, I think that, that Muslim woman, going back again, if I think about the first university um, started in the world in, in Karawin, in Morocco, Fez, that was started by Fatima al-Fihri in the 14th century. Now, this says that um, the impact and the contribution of a woman has a lot of baraka. It is lasting. Mm-hmm. It's something that, that, that is in our foundation. And besides the fact that the woman gives life and a woman is, you know, she, the womb that, that, that created all of mankind comes from a woman, is within a woman, that alone puts a woman on a very, very high standard and status. When one looks at humanity, um, that is that's a totally different thing, which obviously impacts the actual um, the the baraka and the 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 sustainability of what. Whenever a woman starts something, it has that kind of impact for generations. Because I think um, if one looks at the nature of a woman, it is done with love, and anything done with love, pure love, automatically will continue until the end of time, and. Um, so I'm, I, I, one looks at that and the deeper dynamics of all of that, and you look at how women, every single human being today, every child is raised on the lap of a woman. So the responsibility for us mothers is great. Our status is very high. And um, what I often lament about is that this type of understanding of the dynamics of a female is often lost in the narrative of, um, you know, the gender discussion. Who is a woman? What is the quality? And what is the, the impact that a woman has within her two hands? And I think that if we could sort of get clarity and we could give our young girls that understanding that you are not just a, a male versus a female, you are. You hold within you the essence of life, love, you know, growth, development, and the most beautiful things that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has put on the dunya that comforts our brothers, comforts our sons, is found within a woman. So a woman is a powerhouse of of resources that will automatically shape a healthy society. And if that powerhouse is in any way prevented from functioning optimally, mm. then it's to the, the peril of that entire community. Because if I, I read you know, something very beautiful a few years ago, that was a research paper on the decline of Islam and how what were the things that impacted this decline, going from the golden years 
in Spain 800 years from the time of the Prophet to the 12th, 13th century. And we, Islam was on an, you know, from a, from a high, the highest standard of human development. There was a slow decline. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, the, and, the, and the writer says, I can't remember who wrote the article, but he said that in line with the things that, that took Islam from the golden years to, to a point where, where, you know, where Islam was really on a, on a low with regards to, you know, development and um, growth and its, its, its position, its global and world, worldly position was the fact that women were increasingly being um, oppressed, um, excluded from society. The voice of the woman became softer and softer until the women were not even allowed into the masajid anymore. And that contributed towards the, according to the writer, towards the decline of Islam. And if one looks at that in, in, and compares that with what I, I spoke about earlier on, mm. the value of a woman, then no society can be you know, effective on the optimal level if the women are not given a space and the young girls are not taught you know, who they are, what they are, and what their purpose in, is in society. And within um, our structures that you mentioned, the Muslim Judicial Council, yes, the council has never had female membership. And um, with Maulana Hassan's um, presidency, um, we, we um, do one, during one of the AGMs, we, we put down a, a proposal to include women in the constitution, and following that, um, we uh, I was uh, sort of accepted as an associate member of the MJC, and um, inshallah, Sheikh Irfan intends to um, opt two women onto the exco of the MJC, and that is something that I'm very much looking forward to, and inshallah. I am willing to assist. You know, whoever is going to be nominated onto the exco and inshallah. guide that person with my experience at the MJC that I've acquired over the years. Inshallah. In- inshallah. <clears throat> well, just to at this time also, if we look at July, July has been an exciting month. Obviously, we've had elections and all of those things coming up. And I think you already know where I'm going to be headed, straight to Inkandla, because that was one of the big topics for July. Mm. And so we see the recognition of Islam by the Zulu um, family, the Zulu kingdom. Yes, the Makizi family. Mm. Um, This would be quite big, considering that if we look at the entire population of South Africa, one of our biggest challenges is poverty. And one of the, the the core that it really is exposed to it is our black rural women. How do you feel this recognition may impact on on um, women benefiting in a way, perhaps now with Islam being recognised? Mm. I think that Daslima, you know, often we get. Um, um, perspectives out in the media which very stereotypically uh, sort of align Muslims to a group that oppresses mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. and we have to you know do a lot of um, not damage control but we have to provide them with an understanding of what Islam says about women so I think that moving away from just giving them a you know interview on what Islam says about women we need mm-hmm. to put that into practice mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I have to, uh, you know, mention this, that Sheikh Irfan is a very 
very energized person and we have noticed that (laughs) uh, subhanallah this mashallah i have to compliment him in saying that we found that he's been quite active Mm -hmm. and there's lots happening around cape town and so so his mind and a free thinking person like Mm -hmm. woman with ideas it's a beautiful combination because whatever your idea is shekhefan's going to pick it up and he'll try to to put you know put it into action put it into action yeah so um one of the things as we were having a discussion i said how are we going to bridge the gap Mm. we need to make impact in the townships yes Yes, we can empower, and currently I am in, in contact with various da'i, females, more than males. Because my, um, my feeling is that if we empower a woman, mm-hmm. we empower a nation. Indeed. But if we educate a male, it's just the individual, it stops there. The men don't take the message across to the next. Um, when they come from the Jumah but they don't carry the message to the family, very often, seldom. But the woman will, will teach the children how to do the values of Islam automatically because a woman likes to teach and give. So I'm putting a lot more em- um, sort of emphasis into female in the townships. And while discussing all of this, I said, Sheikh, what advice have you got? You tell me, this is my idea. I, want, I would like to give the females a bit more support with regards to Dawah in the township, and I'd like to work with them. And so I said, Sheikh, I, I threw it you know, out there very facetiously because I wanted him to say, you know what, I wanted him to say. And he said, maybe that will be how we should marry the, the woman in the township. So I said, yes, Sheikh, you must be similar. You yeah. know? Because I do believe that living in the townships is going to really bring a lot more impact and a lot more, it will really be putting you know action to what we what what we intend doing living with the people in the townships and i i i mean if we look at history islamic history islam spread into africa because the arabs um used to come travel into africa and marry as they went along and yes. they had three four kids and they would teach them the deen yes. and um sheikh Ifan, very happy with that idea of his his wife said his wife's not listening but he felt that that would make great impact as well, so mm-hmm. that we could, our culture and the township culture, which often is very much mm-hmm. similar, could be sort of bolstered by, by the internet. Indeed, because you know when I, I was watching it, actually, and you see this immense respect mm-hmm. between um, the community and their leaders, a, a respect that, that our society, the rest as in the community, it's a little bit absent Maybe things have changed a bit now, but we are, it's free thinking, it's oh. uh, freedom of speech, which is fine because we grow from that. But there is a great level of respect. Oh. I think that, that those are the things that if, if one looks at the African culture, mm. there's, you know, there's labola, there's yes. the circumcision, there, there's rules that when a woman gives birth, this is how she's treated and she mm. stays with her parents. There's a respect for leaders. If a leader makes a decision, that is it. Um, there's a lot of you know rules and guidelines that they have that is similar to Islam. And I think that the combination will be really something that will benefit the whole of South Africa. Because what 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 the you know what our, the black community needs maybe and and we need from them is they need the, the guidelines of Islam to add to the already beautiful traditions that they have. It will enrich it. And, and that is what Islam is about. Islam is not about taking anything away that's good. 
Islam is about strengthening what you already have mm. and, and making it a little bit more better. And, 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 and at the end of the day, striving to perfect human character. And I think that it's an amazing thing. And I think in Kandla, when we were watching it, it really, you know, we, we saw the beauty of Mama Makizi and how she, how sincerely she learned the Dean from a book. And um, and you realize the beauty of these people, how wonderful they are, and what beautiful leaders they are. For even for us as Muslims, there's so much that we could even learn from her. Alhamdulillah, as a revert. Alhamdulillah. Well, Nakubia, you know, South African law, um, there's a recognition of indigenous law, and I'm hoping that this would then actually impact on Muslim law, especially that Muslim marriages bill that has been dragging itself mm. to actually come into being passed as an mm. actual law. What's your feelings about that? Anything happening in that regard as yet? Um, it's been, as you said, it's been dragging, and it's something that we've been talking about for 20 years, believe it or not. Um, we've had different um, scholars putting together the best package. We've had international scholars um, fine-tuning it. Um, and I believe it's a very conservative Muslim marriage bill, mm-hmm. um, which would suit the different sectors of our Muslim community. community. Um, and yet we still are to get to the point where it's been passed in Parliament. And, you know, I I feel that so many of our Muslim women have been denied rights because they don't have the protection of a Muslim marriages bill. Because we we obviously, there's polygamous marriages that would require a bill like that to look after them. But in the absence of that bill, um, there are avenues within the constitution that lawyers like Ihsan Higgins has actually delved into. So a lot of women have been saved from just being out there without any recourse. Yes. My 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 concern is that this bill is still to be passed, and um, unfortunately, within and the excuse that government will give is that there are different um, factions within the Muslim community, one supporting the bill and one totally against the bill, and um, this is the excuse that we've been given that the bill has not been passed, and I feel that the voices against the bill that they need to be challenged. And they need to provide reasons why the um, opposition, mm-hmm. you know, is valid to yes. prevent a bill which will benefit so many women from accessing something to secure their rights in the case of a divorce. So all of these things are things within the Muslim community. And I I don't blame government. Mm. I think that we need to get our house in order. Indeed. On that note, we need to take an ad break. And inshallah, when we come back, we'll continue on Voice of the Cape 91.3. Eat, pray, love. With Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. It's of course Eat, Pray, Love with you every Saturday and Sunday between 4 and 6 p.m. And we are celebrating the women in our community, the women from then to the women of now. And we've got Sister Nabawiya Malik in studio with us who just before the break has given us a wonderful insight into the role of women in the society around the world and of course within the home. Sister Nabawiya, well, 
We have you here today. Of course, you serve on the MJC. You serve on so many other organizations as well, very much working in the community. But you are also a mother of three big boys, alhamdulillah. So how do you strike the balance? Um, I think that, that, you know, when you... I do believe that when you do something that you love doing, that it's not... um, You don't feel tired. Mm -hmm. You're energized because you found this outlet for your energy and um, so my work on the one side serves you know that passion that um, I love doing things for the community something that could benefit somebody and I like seeing something develop it's just a natural thing if I wherever I am I'd, like, I'll plant a seed or I'll put a little plant in there so that I can see something growing that's on the one side and then my my personal life my children um, I think that there's a lot of love in our household, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, there's a lot of love, there's a lot of respect, and we we talk about everything. Like, um, we would talk about projects, that will be one little topic. We bake together, we cook together. And I've got three sons, all three of them, alhamdulillah. They, 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 can, they know what to do <laughs> in the kitchen. Hands on. They are hands on. <laughs> the one makes pancakes in Ramadan, the other one knows how to fry samosas. This one can lay the table. And we, all, we just work together. So we are a happy family because I, I do believe, which is something very important, and I want to share this with the sisters, that if your family sees you happy every day, Mm-hmm. And you've got something to share. You can't wait to get home to tell the children, tell the husband, this is what I did or this is what we managed to achieve. They feel happy. So it's very, very important for the mothers and the grannies and to, 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 to find your personal purpose first. Find happiness in that and joy and gratitude and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting you and guiding you to your personal purpose. And then your children, your family would you know they won't feel find themselves in a situation of despair mm-hmm. because children by their nature want to see their mother the most important person in their life they want to see her happy mm-hmm. and healthy and and whatever else goes around being a holistic person mm-hmm. so um th- th- those are the little things that i could share that that i do believe that every woman should be free to to live her life according to her purpose and um i I also think that respecting children and their views and their understanding is important and um, and giving them a space and walking the, the walk with them, you know, guiding them and allowing them to guide you as well. That, that provides a healthy um, relationship that I find in my family. Alhamdulillah. So, then I want to speak to you about spirituality because when you have a schedule, possibly a schedule like yours, and most of our mommies are so busy, and not only our mommies, I think our sisters in general, you have that it's work and then it's home and it's this and then it's that. Mm-hmm. Spirituality, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how do you manage that relationship? Because it would be that before everything else. Yeah. I think that, that whatever you do in life, right, if you start from a point that Whatever you are doing, it's to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That gives you energy. It's an inspiration more than the general inspiration that you get when you do things for yourself. Mm. Because many a times you can feel, Ya Allah, this is not me. I can only do so much. It's through your barakah that we can do ten times more. So having an intention, a small intention, 
just because you want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns into something big because Allah places barakah on that if you're sincere and you want to do something of benefit to others. Um, people always say, you know, be available to serve your deen. Be available to open the path for others and Allah will open your path. So I, I do believe that, you know, that always have, my advice to people is always have good intention. One of our scholars, wonderful scholars, Alhamdulillah, told us that every day, whether you can do something or not in that day, have good intention to do something good, whether you can do it or not, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will even allow that without you doing it to happen. So we as Muslims, we've got so much power, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. because we're never alone. And imagine you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always there in your life. Um, and, and your connection to Allah and His Prophet wasallam is good. How much can we achieve for, for humanity? And it's not just about Muslims, it's for all of humanity, Allah's creation. Amazing. So um, as far as spirituality, I, I feel that, that really we are nothing. We are nothing but what Allah has granted us. And, um, and we are not worthy even. Even myself sitting and talking to you now, I don't feel worthy of, of you know, of, of anything other than wanting to share my challenges, my mistakes and and things that I've tried and, you know, and maybe failed and so on. Sister but, we are on that note, as a woman, what would have been your biggest lesson that you've really learned from life? I think that my, my biggest lesson um, that made me realize that I that my life is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that tomorrow might not come, that whatever I do now, I must do it because tomorrow might not be there. So you, you learn to make today your last day, mm -hmm. almost, in a, in a sense. Um, I think it was the passing of my, my one son, the third one. His passing made me realize that there's really no value on the dunya, right? Um, so I've never felt attached to anything on the dunya. Like, I don't love anything passionately, so passionately that I can't let it go. Um, and I think that frees your soul because it allows you that, that, that disconnect from the dunya to love your life just serving Allah and people. Because you know that I might be talking to Taslima today, but she might not be there tomorrow. So I'm going to do the best I can today to make you feel you know, good mm. and, 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 and also allowing me maybe in a sense opportunity to have done something for somebody. So I think that the passing of my son, yes, that was a that was a big lesson and that was a challenge, but it also grounded me in a sense because at that time I think I, I you have that that deep dua that you know this 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 experience is going to be able to feed me for the rest of my life and I think it was uh, I said oh Allah uh, yeah I, I, at the time I said oh Allah grant me even if you remove everything from me take everything from me don't take away my ability to serve you and your people so I think that that and I think every one of us have got that 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 mm -hmm. moment where you feel Allah will never do this, never do this without a reason. And, and, and Allah has given that to me to benefit me and to, to, to be my little backpack for the rest of my life. So, so those are the things and I think that we, we all go through challenges and we should 
stop and think what was it that Allah gave me and we often think Allah took something from me Allah what did Allah it give you it hurts so much that we think it's that yeah that it's a punishment yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it's natural because your emotions and and all of those feelings that like, why must this happen to me and why 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 but Allah is most merciful and Allah is most generous and Allah is most kind Indeed. and and Allah will never do something without a big reason mm. so you you learn these things and alhamdulillah I at the time alhamdulillah I, I said alhamdulillah and I accepted and I immediately grasped onto the fact that this is a gift so it's been it's been a beautiful journey alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah. It's been a beautiful interview with you, Sister Nabawiya, a beautiful insight into yourself as a woman, of course, serving all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you mm -hmm. and fill your path with noor mm -hmm. and so much of barakah and rizq. And may there be always understanding and love around you Amen. so Amen. that it makes your tasks easier, Amen. inshallah. And may this this message that you share today be a big message to everyone listening, inshallah. Amen. Our brothers and our sisters. Any last few words before we go? I um, I would like for our community to make dua for all the sisters and the mothers and um, the grannies and everybody who serves their families. And, um, you know, and they, our mothers and grannies and sisters do so much. And I want I would like for us all to make to our for women in general, in, you know, the world over, and that Allah make it easy for them, and may our, our you know, our offspring and our future mm -hmm. um, understand the message of our Prophet better than those who so got the message from him. You know, um, when our Prophet delivered his last sermon, I, I wish for our sisters to really grasp that sermon and to fully understand it, and our brothers, and and that may our community and our society in South Africa continue to be a leading group, a minority group of Muslims that leads the global Muslim community because on many platforms the South African Muslim community is looked at as being the most healthiest globally. So um, may we make to off for each other and may we all you know, stand together and work for good. Inshallah. With good intentions and um, yeah, I wish everybody well, inshallah. All of the best to everybody. Shukran so much. That, of course, is the voice of Sister Nabuya Malik. Sister, I need to say shukran once again on behalf of Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM for joining us on April Love. Assalamu alaikum. Shukran to you too, Sister Taslima. May Allah reward you and bless you as well, inshallah, Amen. with all the good that you do as well. Shukran. Amen.